Yes, a very good evening to you from me, Father Emil, and a very warm welcome to As the Sun Sets. Another beautiful day here in Johannesburg. I hope you've had a great, great day. Always lovely being with you at this time of the day. I know so many of you love tuning in right at this time of the day just to share this half hour with me, realizing that it's a time of prayer, time of reflection. But I like to think also that it's a time of, uh, what shall we say, inspiration, adoration, worship, call it what you like. But we come to the end of the day. Thank you very much for joining us as we thank the Lord for the gift of this day. O God, come to our aid. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia.
those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. Psalm 129-25, a psalm about joy and hope in God. When the Lord delivered Zion from bondage, it seemed like a dream. And then was our mouth filled with laughter. On our lips there were songs. The heathens themselves said, What marvels the Lord worked for them! What marvels the Lord worked for us! Indeed, we were glad. Deliver us, O Lord, from our bondage, as streams in dry land. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. They go out, they go out full of tears, carrying seed for the sowing. And they come back, they come back full of song, carrying their sheaves. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. The Lord will build a house for us. He will watch over our city. Psalm 126. It's about success depending on the Lord's blessing. If the Lord does not build the house, in vain do its builders labor. And if the Lord does not watch over the city, in vain does the watchman keep vigil. In vain is your earlier rising, your going later to rest. You who toil for the bread you eat, when he pours gifts on his beloved, while they slumber. Truly, sons are a gift from the Lord, a blessing, the fruit of the womb. Indeed, the sons of youth are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Oh, the happiness of the man who has filled his quiver with these arrows. He will have no cause for shame when he disputes with his foes in the gateways. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord will build a house for us, and he will watch over our city. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is supreme over all creatures. Let us give thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation.
For in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is supreme over all creatures. Our Gospel reading this evening, taken from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Jesus began to teach by the lakeside, but such a large crowd gathered round him that he got into a boat on the lake, and he sat there. And the people were all along the shore, the water's edge, and he taught them many things in parables. And in the course of his teaching, he said to them, listen, listen, imagine a sower going out to sow. Now, it happened that as he sowed, some of the seed fell on the edge of the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground where it found little soil and sprang up straight away because there was no depth of earth. And when the sun came up, it was scorched and not having any roots, it just withered away. But some seed fell into thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it produced no crop. Some seed fell into rich soil and growing tall and strong produced crop and yielded thirty, sixty, even a hundredfold. And he said, Listen, anyone who has ears to hear. But when he was alone, the twelve, together with the others who formed his company, asked what the parables meant. And he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God is given to you, 
But to those who are outside everything, outside, everything comes in parables, so that they may see and see again, but not perceive, may hear and hear again, but not understand. Otherwise, they might be converted and be forgiven. And then he said to them, But do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? What the sower is sowing is the word. And those on the edge of the path, where the word is sown, are people who have no sooner heard it then Satan comes and carries away the word that was sown in them. And similarly, those who receive the seed in patches of rock are the people who first, when they hear the word, welcome it at once with joy. But, but they have no root in them. They don't last. And should some trial come or some persecution on account of the word, they fall away at once. And then there are others who receive the seed in thorns. And these have heard the word, but the worries of this world and the lure of riches and all the other passions come in to choke the word. And so it produces nothing. And then there are those who've received the seed in rich soil. They hear the word, and they accept it, and they yield a harvest 30, 60, or a hundredfold. Once again, we move to the teaching of Jesus, and today we have this very well-known story. The sower going out to sow, and he drops the seed, and the seed either falls on the edge of the path or on the path, or on rocks or in thorns, but some of the seed falls in rich soil. What is Jesus doing? He's teaching his disciples, and the way he teaches is he teaches in and through parables, stories that people can relate to. Here he is sitting in the boat, talking to people on the seashore, the shore of the Lake of Tiberias, the Lake of Galilee. And how does Jesus do this? You know, he could have started talking about the scriptures and about the riches of the, of the, of the Old Testament and so on. And he knew the scriptures off by heart because he'd been doing this every Sunday, every Sabbath when he went to the synagogue. He would have read the scriptures. In those days, everybody knew the whole Bible off by heart. Imagine, can you imagine knowing the whole Bible off by heart? Anyway, the way Jesus does it is he uses parables. So he's got a message that he wants to get across to people. And how does he do this? And I'm saying he could have done it through preaching from the scriptures, sort of preaching from on high. But what he takes into account is where his hearers are. 
They are people who are farmers. They know about sowing seed. They know that when you sow the seed, you must sow it in good and rich soil so that when the seed begins to sprout, it takes root and grows into a strong, strong um, ear and so on. So Jesus talks to them and he uses, shall we call it, farming terms. He could have used, for example, examples from the sea, fishing and so on, because this was from the life of people. He will talk to people in a language that they could understand and say, ah, yes, he's quite right. So when Jesus talks about the word of God, and that is what he's preaching is the word of God, he could have spoken about the word of God in very abstract terms. You know, I'm talking to you now, Jesus could have said, I'm speaking to you, I'm bringing you the word of God, and it's the Father speaking in me and through. He could have done all that sort of things, but he didn't. He he talks about taking seed and going out to sow seed. So he's likening the word of God to seed. And that's a language that people could understand. So he says the farmer goes out, he sows the seed. And you all know about sowing seed. Some falls on rock, some falls on this pathway, and some falls in rich soil and so on. And he says, this is like the word of God. The word of God is sown into the hearts of people. And the hearts of people are like rocky patches. The hearts of people and the ears of people are like seed falling on rocks or in thorns. What are all these things? These are the things that preoccupy us. You know, if you're a... If you're into money, for example, and investments, that's all you know about. And you will watch the investments and the stock market and all the rest of it and say, I'm going to get through to you. I'm going to speak to you in a language that you can understand. And if I said to you, you know, every day you spend hours reflecting on the stock exchange, you reflect, you spend hours just checking your finances and your investments to see what sort of yield they are having. If, if that's the world you're living in, then you'll understand what I'm saying. You'll say, yes, Father, that's exactly. And then I said to you, but, you know, the Lord also speaks to you in many different ways, but you are so preoccupied with stock exchange and investments and in building and in business you never give a chance for the Word of God to take root in the very depths of your being. And you'll say, yes, Father, you're right. And it's true. I mean, if I look at my own life, when I get up in the morning and I say, oh, I've got a very busy day ahead of me now. I better get up and I must go and have my shower and shave and I must go and have something, breakfast quickly and then go off to work and so on. I can think of all the things I should be doing. Don't we do that every day? We think of all the things we should be doing. And then I sometimes stop myself in my tracks and I say, now all these things that I'm thinking about are going to be happening today. But what about just pausing for a moment, Emil, and speaking to the Lord and saying, thank you, Lord, for the gift of this day. In other words, just turning my thoughts to the Lord in thought and in prayer. And we need to do that. Otherwise, we're going to find that all our preoccupations, our business and our investments and the things we busy ourselves about every day are going to take dominance. And we are not going to allow the Word of God to take root in our lives. 
because our lives are full of thorns, of rocky patches, where the Word of God just doesn't have a chance. So we really need to stop ourselves in our tracks and simply say, Lord, I want to hear your Word. And so I want to say to you this evening, stop, stop, stop in your tracks and say to yourself, I'm going to give five or ten minutes now to the Lord. I'm not going to think about business. I'm not going to think about investments or about mechanics or about industry or about studies or about whatever. I'm just going to sit quietly and just be with the Lord for a while. That's the sort of rich soil that the Lord is looking for, where he can talk to us in the very depths of our being and bring us to life and strike root in us, so to speak. Otherwise, this parable will ring true for us, that we have far too many thorns, rocky patches, hard soil, pavements, whatever, that the Lord, in his word, as he spreads his word, as he broadcasts his word and speaks to us, will never have a chance to take root in us. And that's the message, I think, that Jesus would have given to the people of his day. And to you and to me today, I say, let's be open to the core, the truth, the message of this parable of the sower and realize that the Lord is being superbly generous in spreading his word and just spreading his word everywhere throughout our lives, but so often we don't notice it. We don't give the Lord a chance to take root because our minds are so preoccupied by dogs and cats and business and this and that and the other. And I'm saying to you this evening, come on, give the Lord a chance. Spend a little while today, maybe when you get home, before you go to bed tonight, just put aside everything. Switch off the television set. Put aside your book, whatever, and just say, Lord, these ten minutes I'm going to give to you. Please, speak to me in the depths of my heart. Strike root in me and help me and bring me to peace and to joy and help me to produce through the things I do and say to bring joy and happiness to the people in my life, to my family, to my work colleagues, to the people in my community, wherever it is. But we can only get there if we allow, allow the Lord to strike root in us. Redeem me, Lord, and show me your mercy. Do not cast me away with sinners. Redeem me, Lord, and show me your mercy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Redeem me, Lord, and show me your mercy. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favour on his lowly servant. And from this day 
all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. And he has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Now, I may have faith strong enough to move mountains, but if I have no love, I am nothing. And so with this in mind, we pray, Lord, grant us your love. Lord, sustain us as we build and grow towards you. Increase our faith as we work. We are assailed by doubts and weighed down by uncertainties. Release our hearts to journey towards you with hope. Love knows no score of wrong and doesn't gloat over evil. Help us to delight in the truth and rejoice in your gifts to others. Confirm the pilgrim church in the faith of the apostles. Help us to encourage each other, sharing our gifts. Bring those who have died in your peace to that knowledge which fulfills faith and answers hope, and grant them the fullness of your love. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let your people's cry come into your loving presence, Lord. Forgive them their sins, so that by your grace they may be devoted to your service and rest secure under your protecting hand. And we make our prayer through Christ our Lord. And now may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you always. Well, just a little bit of music to say goodbye. Maybe I've spoken a bit too much tonight. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, it's been lovely being with you for the last half hour. So from me, Father Emil, enjoy your evening. Have a wonderful rest, and I'll be back with you again tomorrow morning at the crack of dawn. From me, good night, and God bless.